I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 85. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, studying the book of Ruth and 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 3. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. Hello. Good morning or afternoon or whenever it is. Well, I don't know when you're listening to this. It could be the middle of the night. I have no idea. Good whatever time of day it is. Um, If you're on YouTube, you could take a little peep at my cat back there. Um, For those of you not on YouTube, my cat is behind me licking her paws with her buns up in the air. (laughs) Silly cat. Um, actually we're getting to the cat. <clears throat> I say getting rid of, I mean, giving to my sister. I'm not going to just like chuck her outside. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so let's talk about Ruth. Let's talk about Hannah. Let's talk about Naomi. I've always loved the name Naomi, by the way. Love that name. Um, I tutored somebody called Naomi for a long time. She was really cool. I really liked her. Anyway, off topic. Um, this is really cool. I'm not going to lie. When I looked at these chapters, I was like, Ruth, the book of Ruth. Okay. I know, I know that there's a book of Ruth, but like, what, what's the deal with Ruth? Like, I know the story of Esther. She's the one, she stands up to the king and then her family and she's Jewish, but she pretends she's not, or she hides it or whatever. Like, I'm like, I remember Esther. And I asked my husband at the beginning of this week when I started looking at the, at these chapters and I was like, Jake. Um, who's Ruth? What, what's Ruth's story? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> um, in his defense, I didn't know either. Otherwise I wouldn't be asking. Right. So it was really fun to read about Ruth and learn about Ruth. And I feel like she, I identify with her story a lot, not in the, like my husband's dead. I'm all alone kind of thing, but in like finding family in her in-laws Um, not that I don't have family. I do have family. My parents didn't die or anything like that, but my parents left the church, um, golly, like 10 years ago. Holy cow. Um, and, and so I have come, become closer with my in-laws because they're still active in the church. And so there are things that I talk about with my in-laws that I don't necessarily talk about with my parents, not because my parents would necessarily be like, I don't know. I don't feel like they would be like really mean or anything, but, um, I don't know. We just, we just don't talk about church stuff. There are sacred things that, um, that are not sacred to them anymore because it's not part of their life anymore. And so anyway, I become a lot closer to my, my mother-in-law specifically, my husband's mom. Um, partially because we live like a couple of streets away from each other, but also because of, like we've been kind of thrown into turmoil a little bit together. And so it's been, I would say it it has been fun. Um, we've had a lot of fun, but also there's been a lot of heartache and a lot of crying and a lot of just like being together. And I was thinking about this. I read sister. Oh, and I can see her face and I can't remember her name. Reyes, I believe. Um, she, that was one of the talks come follow me recommended reading. It was something about uh, I didn't take any notes, you guys. Um, so this is all from memory. But something about like 
God being with you through the clouds and the sunshine. Like that's it. If you go into the Come Follow Me, it lists her talk as one of the ones to read. Highly recommend. It was a super good one. As I was reading it, I was like, oh, I remember this one. Um, but anyway, because I, I really liked it. I remember when I heard it, when she gave it in general conference, when whatever year it was, I remember being like, oh, I really like this one. And so it was fun to read it again. Anyway, my point with this is um, there is, she references a, the mourn with those who mourn scripture, right? Which is in Mosiah. Mosiah? Mosiah. Pretty sure it's Mosiah chapter eight verses like 14, 15, maybe 15, 16. I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's Mosiah chapter eight, but it's mourn with those that mourn, comfort those who stand in need of comfort, taking upon yourself the name of Christ and what that means, what that covenant like looks like. And I feel like we really get that with, with, um, the relationship we have with Ruth and Naomi. And cause Naomi basically tells her like, listen, I know you married my son, but my husband is gone. Both of my sons are gone. I don't have anybody else for you to marry. Um, why don't you just go, just go home? She talked to, she had two daughter, daughters-in-law, right? So she, Naomi had her husband and then they had two boys. They had two sons who both got married to these women. Um, I don't remember the other woman's name, um, but obviously one of them was Ruth. And she basically, Naomi just tells them after, after they die, after the husbands, all the husbands die, she just tells her, listen, um, she tells both of them, I, I don't have anybody else. I don't, I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to my people. Um, why don't you guys go back to your people as well? And the one sister-in-law kind of is like, okay. And like, you know, hugs, kisses, parts ways. Um, but Ruth is really cool. She is like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay with you. Like I, I, she wasn't an Israelite, but she had married into this and she took it upon herself and she really, they mourned together. They traveled together. Um, and I love the, so the, the thing for this, right. The, um, every lesson, Oh, sorry, you guys. Every lesson has a different title. And this one is My Heart Rejoiceth in the Lord. Um, and if we look at their stories in conjunction with Hannah's story, right, that they all face these trials. They all face these different things that we as human beings would look at and be like, this is not an ideal situation. <laughs> this this doesn't seem like something we should be rejoicing in. And I'm not saying that they should be, and I'm not saying that you should, you know, put a false face on things in terms of like, you know, we've heard of toxic positivity where it's like, just find the, just find the silver lining and yeah, your whole house is burning down and you know, you're losing everything, but I'm sure things will be fine. You know, like, you're allowed to mourn, right? Mourn with those that mourn. Christ, nowhere does it say cheer up those that mourn. Um, it says comfort those who stand in need of comfort, but sometimes we don't stand in need of comfort until after we've had a chance to mourn. We have to mourn first. And so I don't think that that's, that's the message of this at all. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. And I think that this is, this is the magic of Christ. This is the magic of the atonement. Um, that we can go through these really hard, really horrible things and he mourns with us and he comforts us and he guides us and he's able to take these experiences and help us 
through him to become stronger, to become um, more independent in terms of ourselves and more dependent in terms of our relationship with him. Um, and I feel like we're able to look back on things and rejoice in those. I definitely have experiences in my personal life that when I was going through them, I was like, this is awful. This is terrible. Can we, can we not, can we not heavenly father? I would like to withdraw from this class. Can I drop this class? I changed my mind. I don't want this on my curriculum anymore. This is the pits. Like, can I not please, 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 please. Um, the answer in case you're wondering was no, no, you don't get to drop the class. <laughs> you still have to go through this class. Um, and then on the other side of it, I'm like, I really hope I never have to do that again. However, I would not be the person I am right now sitting in front of you had I not gone through that class, had I not gone through those trials, had I not had that heartache and those tears and that time on my knees sobbing to my heavenly father and to my savior and just asking them and really just leaning on them. And I feel like those are our opportunities to turn to Christ. And, um, I remember my, my husband saying one time about my mother-in-law, speaking of mothers-in-law, right? Since we're, that seems to be our theme. He's talking about his mom one time and he goes, you know, mom had a, mom's gone through a lot of really hard stuff in her life. Um, but I always knew that she believed in Christ. She believed in God because no matter how bad things got, she turned to them. Like she never blamed God for it. She never got mad at him. Or if she did, she didn't, she didn't tell us. Right. Um, I saw her turn to the Lord and that has always been a testimony for him and for me as well. Um, I've gotten to witness some of that as well. Um, and, and this is one of these things that I, again, I don't want to do like the toxic positivity thing of like, oh, you know, there's, there's, there's a purpose in everything. I do believe, I do believe that there's a purpose in everything. I do believe that there's a purpose in everything that we go through. But sometimes when somebody is in the, like, <laughs> when you're in the middle of having a baby and you're experiencing all of the massive amounts of pain that labor and contractions bring, the last thing you want somebody telling you is, well, there's a purpose in it. Absolutely. 100% there is a purpose in the contractions. It's to get the baby out. But at that moment, I don't care. I just want to punch something because I am in massive amounts of pain and I will lash out. <laughs> right? Like it, it's not helpful in the moment. Um, but I think that it's important to know maybe before it happens, maybe looking on it afterwards that we have our opportunities to turn towards God or to turn away from him. And I remember one time just kind of deciding, just kind of deciding that no matter what happens, I'm going to turn towards God because I know, I know that he has my best interest at heart, right? So even if I don't understand the path, even if I don't understand why we're doing this or why he's pushing me in this way or why... XYZ is happening. I know that he has my best 
interest at heart. And I can't say the same about the world. And I can't say the same about Satan. And I can't say the same about even myself, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Human beings are notoriously bad pickers. Like, we don't choose good things for ourselves if left 100% to our own desires and like our natural man. Like we just don't. Our brains are not designed to pick things that are good for us in the long run. They're designed to pick things that feel good right now and avoid pain right now, right? They, we're, our brains are designed to focus on right now and keeping us alive and not eaten by tigers and staying safe in the cave. And right, like that's, that's the physical natural man part of it. When we think about the beyond, we think about the big picture of things, we're able to put things in perspective of eternity. Part of that's the prefrontal cortex. Part of that is a spiritual understanding of who Heavenly Father is, who he is to us, who we are to him, who we are in that light. Um, I was able to teach in Relief Society a couple weeks ago, last week? Was it really last week? It was not last week because that last week was fifth Sunday, so it been before, whatever. Anyway, I was able to teach a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that we talked about, um, I did the talk, oh, I can't remember. It was like in, he makes weak things strong or whatever. It was, pre, it was brother, um, oh, I don't remember his name now. Anyway, it was one of the elders, um, one of the brethren, he talked about making weak things strong. There, I can't remember. Anyway, it starts with like there or thus become or there become. Anyway, um, through weak things, he makes strong, makes, str anyway, it doesn't matter. So one of the things we talked about was authenticity, right? He talks about how the world is really pushing, like what's trending right now is being authentic, being authentic to yourself. And sometimes the world twists this in a way that's saying, well, I'm just not patient. And so I just need to be authentic to myself and just admit I'm not patient and just be not patient for forever. Right. Like, and that's not, that's not the point. And so I actually looked up what authentic meant, which is the whole point of me telling this story. And it said, um, it was with un, oh, now I can't remember. It's something to the effect of like undeniable origin. That's what it was. Like the undeniable origin. This idea that when like, so a, a painting by Picasso or a painting by Da Vinci or a painting by, I don't know who, not Da Vinci. Was he a painter? Da Vinci was not a painter. Da Vinci was an inventor. Whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Van Gogh. There you go. Van, Van Gogh, if you're British. Van Gogh. Um, if I find this painting by Van Gogh, I have to prove undeniably its origin of being painted by Van Gogh. They look at the paint, they look at the, the, um, canvas, they look at the, how it was mounted, how they like all these different things to verify that this is in fact a painting by Van Gogh. And I love this idea of us being true to our authentic selves, right? In recognizing our personal undeniable um, origin in terms of our undeniably divine origin. We have a heavenly father. We have a heavenly mother, right? A savior is our brother. He is our the father of our spirits in the essence of he 
owns us because he paid the price for us with the atonement. Um, all of these things, right? Like there are these people that are so, so, so on our side, right? They're so invested and committed and interested in our stories and where we go. Um, and I think that when we're able to keep that in mind, when it comes to those trials, when it comes to those really tough classes that we're like, can I drop this one? This is the worst. Um, we are able to go through those things and lean into the atonement, lean into our savior, lean into our heavenly parents and that power there. And our hearts can rejoice in the Lord. And, um, I also think that the stories of, um, specifically Naomi and, and Ruth, but, um, Hannah as well is finding that community and being vulnerable with each other really allows us to connect with each other. When we try to put a brave face on and pretend everything's hunky dory and pretend that we're fine and everything's fine. And, you know, we look picture perfect at church, then we don't have a chance to make that real and true and honest connection as we do when we are honest and say, you know what, I'm, it, this is hard and I'm struggling. I am struggling a lot right now. And those are those moments in those vulnerable moments where we're able to really create a community and really mourn with those that mourn, comfort those that stand in need of comfort and, and really commit to and fulfill those baptismal covenants. So I will talk to you next week.